1: One on one down here for Kelsey and he holds on. Touchdown
0: Kansas City. Pass is caught. Kittle breaks one tackle. Another. Wow, what a touchdown for George Kittle.
1: And that's no offense. Breaking tackles in the secondary. There he goes. Foot race. Ward can't get him, he's in for the touchdown! 75 yards! His first touchdown reception. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast, where we provide you with your weekly diagnosis of everything fantasy football. Whether it's season-long leagues, dynasty, DFS, or even IDP, we got you covered all season long. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Diagnostics Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, John June. And of course I got my guy, my co-host with me, Greg Peniman. Greg, what is good, man?
0: Yo, what's going on? Titan episode. We're here. Uh yeah, this is last of the breakdowns, you know. It's been a, a really good off season. You know, I think we came came better, came back, uh, stronger than ever. So uh, I'm looking forward to the season, looking forward to you know, all this news and reports coming out. So, yeah, let's finish strong.
1: Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I know, you know, Greg, you're coming back from hashtag, you know, ball is life, quarantine season, uh, whatever
0: it is. Oh, no, still going Uh, on. yo. Shout
1: out to Dame. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Dame. Yes, sir. But we've been here. We've been rolling strong. Fancy football diagnostics. You know, we got that dynasty breakdown for you. Um, If you want to hear about those rookies, go back and listen to that. But like Greg said, this is the last of the breakdowns, man. Um, We're getting closer to the start of football. So, you know, today we talk about these tight ends. Uh, last week, we covered the wide receivers, so go back and listen to that one. The week before, we covered the running backs. The week before that, we covered the quarterbacks as well, so you're definitely going to have to check that out, um, but today, we're going to we're gonna get into some news. Uh, we're going to discuss our top three tight ends. we we'll are each reveal our top eight tight ends. We're going to go through our tight end bust, tight end sleepers, tight end breakouts, and then the newest segment this year, which we added a few weeks ago, the tight end rider dies. With that being said, uh, let's just jump into the news. Um, so first up, news item. Uh, this one's you know painful to me, um, but probably a little bit more painful to Denzel Mims. Um, his Denzel Mims, rookie wide receiver for the New York Jets, seems to have suffered a hamstring injury at practice. Uh, head coach Adam Gase said he he stepped, he took a you know an awkward step, um, you know, and, and he didn't. He said that they're not too concerned, but they did make a transaction this morning, uh, not too long ago, signing. Uh, veteran wide receiver Chris Hogan. Um so that's gonna probably spell trouble for the prognosis on Denzel Mims. Um which I think has an impact on on, on somebody we'll talk about a little bit later. Hint hint. Um Greg, what's your reaction to that news? I know I know your uh hashtag stay away from rookies in, in COVID nineteen season. So what's your what's your take there?
0: Uh yeah, I mean it's just gonna be one of many for rookies and all players soft tissue injuries this is going to happen uh, a lot you know you know players haven't had they're not going to have the condition that they're coming in well, no preseason not a lot of mini camp not an ota so uh it's going to be yeah, like this for a lot of players just got to be ready um i think he still has a lot of great value in dynasty so i you know i definitely wouldn't uh err so on the side of caution there uh, i still like him in, a lot in that aspect so yeah um uh, he should be a good player still.
1: Yeah, no, I think he's somebody that obviously as the year I mean, I, th- I thought this way anyway about him as the year progressed, he'd be somebody that uh, you'd want to look towards maybe picking up as the as the as you know, he started getting his feet wet, making more plays. Uh, but this definitely puts a hamper in that. Um, somebody else who's dealing with an injury, that's wide receiver. Uh San Francisco forty nine is wide receiver Debo Samuel, who obviously suffered the the Jones fracture earlier in the off season. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, head coach Kyle Shanahan said he's hopeful that they'll have Debo Samuel week one, but they're not counting on it. Um, you know, Greg, where are you at with Debo Samuel? I mean, he's still um, getting picked relatively high uh, compared to the other wide receivers, uh, even though his prognosis isn't necessarily great with the Jones fracture. Um, where are you at with him?
0: Uh, yeah, I think I am probably would, uh, you know, stay away from him a little bit. Uh... I'm probably not going to draft him in a lot of drafts. Um, he's, you know, missed a couple games last year already. Uh, coming into the season with the, you know, a soft tissue injury. The there's reports already the Niners uh, plans to sign JJ Nelson and T- Tavon Austin. So oh, already they, they've already happened. Oh, they did already happened. Yeah, yeah, so those both those signs already happened. So yeah, they're already looking forward to you know contingency plans and and moving forward focusing on on guys like Brandon Ayuk who probably would be one rookie to stand out. Uh, I think, um, or and just more rely on George Kittle, who will you know focus on in this episode for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, Debo Samuel right now is going off the board, wide receiver thirty-five uh, between guys like Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, um, you know, going ahead of guys like Marvin Jones, Deontay Johnson, um, you know, Miko Hartman. I mean, it's tough, man. I, I like obviously we saw what he did last year, and and you know you would have been high on him had he come into the season healthy, but having the broken foot having uh that or that fracture in his foot rather um you know that's definitely tough i mean i th- believe i read something that uh you know if, if you try to rush it back you're not even really the same player um, that you were before the injury so even if he does come back early i think that's potentially bad news for you as a fantasy owner because now you're adding him to your roster uh, you're spending this wide receiver 35 price to add him to your team um and you're going to put him in your lineups but you're not going to get that same production that he was giving to you last year so um and, but on to that note on that note rather uh brandon Ayuk, who you just mentioned rookie wide receiver for the 49ers um you know somebody that i'm endeared to very very much so uh, Kyle Shanahan recently had some, some glowing quotes of him, um, saying that he's further along than a lot of rookies, uh, continued to say he knows how to practice like, like a pro and you can tell he's prepared every day. He's not a guy you've had to teach how to act or teach how to, uh, or teach how important it is to learn stuff. And, you know, you know, just praised his ability to, to practice like a pro in, in this off season. So, um, and, you know he he was a, he was complimentary of the work that Brandon Ayuk did with with uh, Jimmy Gr- or Jimmy Garoppolo rather in the off season. So Greg, what I mean, I know you just touched on it, but what's your what's your take on on these quotes by Kyle Shanahan? Does it make you buy into Brandon Ayuk a little bit more?
0: Uh, so you know coming into a lot of these uh, off season news and reports, I was saying off the air like I'm not gonna go too crazy on a lot of them. Like everyone's gonna look good in team teams meetings and stuff like that. But, um I think in practice, you know, it sounds like he knows the opportunity that that's in front of him, that Debo Sam is coming in the year hurt, that uh the guys that they sign I, I feel like he believes he's better than both of them, so I think he's you know he knows wh- wh- what's in front of him, and I think he can take that opportunity and make a lot of use in it, especially late in the year and off the start to to jump and um a lot of DFS, I think could be very cheap, so I think uh, he has some value coming into this year.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I think, uh, you know, similar to, to, you know, Debo Samuel was, was, you know, his role progressed as the season progressed, and I think we see something similar with Ayuk, but it's, you know, it's it's good. You know, I, I'm not going to get hyped up about news like this. Uh, you know, obviously him being the first-round pick or, you know, one of their, their two first-round picks, uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, probably is going to speak glowingly of him, um, but it's better than the alternative, right, if, if he said that, you know, Ayuk – has a lot to learn or he, you know, he's got to have better, better practice habits and that, that kind of be a red flag for me. But, um, you know, this is just, you know, good trajectory for where we, where we believe IUC will end up at the end of the season. Right. Yeah. Um, More Niners news, uh, Jarek McKinnon, uh, the running back who signed that big contract back in, in 2017 um, or 2018, rather, uh, then went on to tear his ACL in, in the preseason, and then uh, last year had complications with that same knee. Uh, seems like he's healthy, man. All the reports are coming out that uh, you know he's he's uh, in great shape. He's he's cutting. He's uh, you know running routes like he was, and and even Adrian Peterson, who you know played with uh, with Jarek McKinnon back in Minnesota a few years ago, and has trained with Jarek McKinnon. Uh, he said that Jarek McKinnon looks like his old self um, in terms of you know what he what he expected from him in terms of you know what he'd seen from him in the past. So um, he's somebody who's you know available in the last round of, of leagues. Uh, what's your what's your take on this situation, Greg? Or, uh, you know, yeah, thanks, News, by McKinnon.
0: There's a possibility he could be a hot you know waiver wire pickup. You're saying uh, after week one, if he does have a good game, I'm just very wary of anyone that hasn't played two years of any football uh it could have been andrew luck coming back or anybody coming back from two years of football off uh, I'm, I'm a little hesitant to just see what how, what kind of football shape the person's in um so i you know, i think i wouldn't probably not touching the 49ers backfield to begin with and now it just adds another confusing factor to it so i'm gonna stay away from that
1: yeah i mean the the, the niners backfield is obviously um something that's tough to pinpoint you've got you know, you've got a guy like Raheem Mostert. I think of all the running backs, Raheem Mostert is probably the one I'm not touching just because the price is too high. Um, you know, he's he's going in the fifth round. I just, you know, around RB yeah. 20, 26. Um, you know, that's just a little bit too high for me. Um, and then Tevin Coleman is obviously a, a bit more intriguing uh, going around nine, around RB 40 um but you know what i probably will end up with a few shares in mckinnon just because you know he's he's free um and you know if, if i throw him on my roster um and you know at the end of my bench you know instead of drafting a defense i draft him or something and then make a decision maybe i i drop like you know uh, a backup quarterback or something or whatever it is right and add this guy to my bench and um you know as we see this offense can be prolific and Mm -hmm. uh the role he brings as a pass catcher i think uh could could be useful this year um but moving on we got some guys got paid man um you know travis kelsey just reportedly got a 57.25 million dollar extension on a uh, on four years added to his contract uh that contract's going to keep him and Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones on this roster together for the foreseeable future. Um, Kelsey actually is is um, going to make I think seven million dollars next year. If, is what I is what I had read. Um, so you know he's taking a discount here to stay in Kansas City. Um, and then you know George Kittle, uh, you know who these two are pretty much tied to one another. I feel like uh, they're always in conversation about who's the top tight end in the league. Um, there was also that that day where where Travis Kelsey broke the tight end record for for most yards, and then in that same day, maybe just you know a few minutes later, George Kittle broke it broke it uh, broke that same record. Um, but Kittle received a, a five year, seventy five million dollar contract extension, which is going to go ahead and make him the highest paid tight end in the league. So, um, Greg, what's your, what's your take on this right here?
0: Oh yeah, these two guys, you know, gonna be the you know near future for tight ends for a long time. Travis Kelsey's thirty, but he's just so such a durable guy. Um, he's only missed one game in the last five seasons, so this man is money. You know, he's gonna be on the field, uh, so he deserves every single dime. And George Kittle, most upside of any tight end in football. He's the most you know, talented pirate tight end in football. Uh, I just still remember that play against the Saints where he carried three football players down the field for like 10 yards to win that game and close that game out. So, yeah, both these guys deserve every be done.
1: Yeah, man, George Kittle, I mean, he's definitely one of the best weapons in football, in my opinion. When you just talk about a guy, he's the true, you know, a lot of the tight ends. Travis Kelsey, you know, no disrespect to him, but um, that guy is more receiver than he is a tight end. Um, where George Kittle is, you know, he's he's like a sixth offensive lineman out there, um, you know, what, what he does in the run game as a blocker and even in pass protection as well. But um, don't don't sleep, man. That guy makes plays in the past game as well. Uh, and like you were saying, you know, he, he makes tough yards after the catch. But let's just jump right into the tight ends, man. So before we do, you know, before we get into the breakdown, let's recap the top 12 in total points from 2019. Uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey, he was number one. George Kittle was two. Darren Waller, three. Mark Andrews was four. Zach Ertz, five. Austin Hooper, six. Uh, Jared Cook seven, Tyler Higby eight, Hunter Henry nine, Dallas Goddard ten, Mike Geseki eleven, and then Jason Witten finished off fin- uh, rounds out the top twelve. Um, so you know, tight end for me, Greg. I don't know how you know how you approach it, but for me personally, it's one of those positions where I'm either gonna get one early. So I, you know, I probably I'll, I'll try to get a George Kittle or a Travis Kelsey in the third, second, third round if I if I can or if it makes sense. Um, but if not, and most likely that's that's not the case for me, I'm just going to wait until the end of the draft and try to pick up a sleeper because, um, you know, obviously, if you had a Kelsey or a Kittle or a Hooper, or Andrews or Waller, you had a leg up on the competition. But after that, everyone else is middle of the pack. And, and you know, for example, last year, the difference between tight end 12 and tight end 20 was 12 half point PPR points on the entire year. Uh, you know, we're talking about less than a point a game. So, uh, Greg, how do you approach the tight end position as as a draft strategy?
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, normally throughout all my fantasy career, I've never really had one of those top tight ends as far as ADP. Um, but, yeah, last year I went you know, to the show, your breakout Mark Andrews. I bought him a lot uh, late in the draft, and that panned out to be, you know, a super hit for me uh, and in a lot of players in general in fantasy. Uh, I usually try to go into the year with, thinking that, Uh, You know, with a guy like later in the draft. So, like, Mark Evan Ingram, I did like a lot last year. Uh, If it wasn't for his health, you know, he would have been panned out to be a top five tight end. Um, And so, yeah, I'm usually coming into the year thinking about a guy round 10 or later, nine or later, uh, that I think is going to hit.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, just like that, I I just, you know, like you said, I, I just always try to bring at least one, two, three guys to the table. Um, cause you never know what's going to happen. You know, you know, last year at, for example, Mark Andrews, you know, if you listen to the show, he was, he was my guy. Um, I believe he was my, was he my, breakout, he or was my breakout? I think I had Hunter. He was my breakout. Okay. I thought I had Hunter Henry as a breakout,
0: but yeah, either um, one, we we mentioned him for sure.
1: <laughs> no. Yeah, for sure. No, a hundred percent. Um, but you know, he, uh, you know, I missed out on a guy like him, so you know, end up with a guy like Darren Waller. so you know there's always these guys. we just have to look, you know George Kittle was that guy two years ago. Mm-hmm. um you know, we just have to look for them, you know, so um you know, getting to the breakdown man uh, i'm just gonna I'm just gonna start, man, because I know this probably this one's probably a little hot takey, so uh, I, don't, I have I have no idea what Greg's list looks like. <laughs> um you know we we do this every week. we have no idea what our list really looked like. Um, but I'm going to just throw it out there. I've got George Kittle as my tight end one coming into this year. Uh, this was a guy who was first in tight end target share last year with 28% of the team targets. He did miss two games but still managed to go over 1,000 yards receiving. The year before, he had 1,377 yards, which, like I mentioned before, that's an NFL record for a tight end. And, you know, Like we were talking about before, I think the injury to Debo Samuel who, who primarily worked the middle of the field a lot along with Kittle, uh, could that injury could potentially funnel more targets to Kittle's direction. A lot of the times when injuries happen, we naturally look to the next man up. In this case, Ayuk makes sense, but what we need to uh but sometimes we need to just look at a role that a player was playing and determine, well, who else plays that role? And so the answer for me here is Kittle. In Warren Sharp's twenty twenty preview, he has heat maps showing target distribution of Kittle and Debo Samuel. And you know, they're almost identical minus the bubble screens that Debo Samuel was getting. So uh you know, Jimmy G he's his best Throwing down the middle of the field and with Ayuk being a rookie, I think he gets, you know, uh, he gets worked into a role similar to how Debo was worked into last year. You know, the, the, the Niners were obviously a good team last year at 13-3, and three, which allowed them to run the ball. But Kyle Shanahan isn't a quote-unquote running coach in the name of, like, you know, Mike Vrabel or Mike Zimmer. He's an offensive-minded coach who attacks defenses in whichever way he needs to do uh, in order to score points. And, and potentially, and even win games. And so, you know, according to sharpfootballstats.com, the Niners in 2019 face the NFL's 14th easiest schedule of run defenses. And in 2020, they're slated to face uh, the 30th easiest schedule of run defenses. So that's third worst in the NFL. However, the Niners are slated to play the 14th easiest schedule of pass defenses compared to last year when they faced the 23rd easiest schedule of pass defenses. So, combine that with them potentially not having as favorable a game script as they did last year. And I think San Fran will, will pass more. And this all culminates in, in Kittle slightly edging out Travis Kelsey as a tight end one for me.
0: Yeah, I don't think this is hot take at all. This is, yeah, I got George Kittle all the way too. I mean, he was... What? First, yeah. Was, Yo, was, let's was, go! This man, <laughs> this man was t- <laughs> tied with Travis Kelsey in po- fantasy points per game with 12.9. He would have finished right over 200 points, uh, fantasy points, total points, if he played those two games that he missed you know he was uh top first in red zone receptions last year uh this man is you know just a dominant guy you know the debo Samuel is out you talk about that point as well um i really know much more to add to that i mean george Kittle is a freak in nature and talk about what separates him from all the other tight ends is that yak you talk about he led the all tight ends in yak 569 yards you know kyle shanahan Loves people with that yak. That's why they signed him and gave him more money. Uh, they draft people to get yak. Uh, so yeah, this 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 offense is going to revolve around him to start uh, and probably for most of the year. He he's a freaking nature.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, and look, this could this could be a case where you maybe you get this guy and you you uh, you know you draft George Kittle and then he he kills it at the beginning of the year or, or and then maybe you sell high on a George Kittle, right? Yeah, um, definitely. You know, that's always possible. Um, because you never know what people are willing to pay for a tight end. But, you know, this is a guy, you know, like you said, you know, he's, he's, he's got that yak, but I also love the personality, man. He's so funny. He's so entertaining. Mm-hmm. And so I think he's, I think having him on your team is, is you know, I think that factor right there is worth it alone.
0: Yeah, draft george kiddo if you want to go high and then say you want to get you know blake jarwin late, late very late um and george Kittle starts off whoa
1: whoa we got it they got to <laughs> listen to the episode first before they get all that man
0: <laughs> i know, you know just the just sell high opportunity for that and then you know you would be good throughout the year i just set it up for you perfectly <laughs> all right man so
1: the tight end too man i, I know patty's your guy you're oh, yeah. a your closet chiefs fan so go ahead take this one man
0: yeah yeah travis kelsey number two uh again I think it's one of those like Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes situations. If you did the episode 10 times, I'd take Travis Kelsey five and George Kittle five as well. This man is a beast. I told you, only missed one game in the last five seasons. He's 30, turning 31 this year. This man is super durable. You already know he was first in all the major categories last season as far as targets, receptions, yards, <laughs> <laughs> fantasy points. It's game. really
1: funny to watch yeah. it, though. Yeah. I'm, lo- I'm literally looking at it, too. He's, first, he's either yep. first or second in every category at the tight end position.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. You got <laughs> to expect that every year. He plays with Pat Mahomes. He plays with under Andy Reid in the most prolific offense in the league. It's Yeah, it's Travis Kelsey all day. You expect uh, nothing less. Um, yeah, and this year, the they have the same roster. They have the same guys. And uh, he's going to be a guy that's going to get, you know, tops and targets and yards and receptions again
1: yeah man i mean he's got four straight thousand yard seasons like four right. straight one thousand yard seasons um you know and then i like the other thing that stuck out to me was last year you know people complained because he never finished <laughs> i think only one or a few t- or a few times did he finish as the tight end one um because i remember people were complaining about that in the middle of the season but this guy, he never killed you. Only three times last year did he finish outside the top twelve. And sorry, I take that back. He killed you one time, and that was in week seventeen. But I'd argue that's probably more your fault for playing yeah, in a league that goes facts. out to week seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> so you know this guy is super consistent. Um, so, and you know what you're getting. And like you said, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid. You know that's perfect. That's perfect. Um, you know, uh, form, formula right there for for a productive tight end season. Um, tight end three man, got to go with my sleeper from last year. Man, that was Mark Andrews. Yep. Um, you talked about him. He, uh, he was he delivered last year with 852 yards, ten touchdowns. He was Ooh. third at the position last year with a 24% target share. He was first at the position with 0.9 fantasy points per route run of tight ends with 24 or more targets. He was first and averaged at the target at 10.6. He was basically Lamar's number one receiver. Yep. Um, he is due for some, possibly some regression in the touchdown department, but he could see more targets and yards as the Ravens are expected to throw more this year. Uh, I'm probably missing out on him only because he's got that round four, that round four price, so it's tough for me to grab him there. Um, but Greg, where are you at on uh, Mark Andrews? Is he your tight end three as well?
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, tight end three, Mark Andrews as well. I just, what really is good for me, like you said, the could possibly be a regression. But talk about you sell those numbers that he did. He only played 43% of the snap share. Like <laughs> he did all this in such an efficient way. So just think if you bump that up by 10 or 20 more percent, like all those numbers can, you know, happen again. And so it's ridiculous how efficient he was, how efficient this very for offenses was in general. Um, so, yeah, I'm all Mark Andrews.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. Uh, Mark Andrews, man, this was this was a great call. Between him and Lamar Jackson, you could get that stack going. This yeah. is a great call. Yeah. Um, so, so Greg, who are your top eight tight ends for 2020,
0: man? So, you know, I got my man George Kidd at one, Travis Kelsey at two, then Mark Andrews at three. Uh, I got Darren Waller at four. I got Ertz at five. Hunter Henry going after that six. My man Evan Ingram, you know, finishing at seven. And uh, to find out the eight, I got Noah Fant closing and coming in at eight. Yo, this
1: is crazy. I think this might be a first. Uh, I mean, you you just killed it with the Noah Fant one, mm-hmm. um, but we had our top seven are exactly the same. Wow. Like <laughs> yeah, I've got George you don't even Kittle, Travis a word Kelsey. to each other about this. A word. This, this, a word. Nope.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: So George Kittle, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, Darren Waller, Zach Ertz, Hunter Henry, Evan Ingram. My eight is going to be Mike Gesicki. Word. Word. So um, let's just jump into the breakdown, man. Tight oh, end man. bust. I guess I, I guess I'll just start here because. You know I'm gonna make some people mad, um, but it's Zach Ertz, man, uh, last year he finished as the tight end five, uh, so a little far off, a little off from where he was drafted last year as the, either the tight end two or the tight end three. Um, I've got him ranked as the tight end five right now, obviously, and he's going as a tight end three or four. And now overall he was good last year, but there were stretches where he, you know, he really didn't help you. Uh, there was people were having conversations, asking questions about whether they should cut him uh from their fantasy teams. Um, you know, we didn't go that far, but, you know, there's also the fact that he had as just as many tight end ones as or tight end one weeks as his teammate Dallas Goddard, who mm-hmm. also finished in the top twelve at the position. Uh also add the fact that the Eagles have added wide receiver help this year. Uh they've added like thirty of them between Jalen Rager, uh Quez Watkins, John Hightower, uh um there's somebody I'm missing. Oh, Marquis Goodwin opted out. But um you know, Deshaun Jackson's coming back from the core muscle injury, so I think there's probably less uh, less volume coming Zach Ertz's way, and then you obviously you combine that with, with Goddard and the fact that he's dealt with injuries each of the last two years. Um, you know, again, nothing bad about the player. I just think, you know, we see this pass game probably lean on him a little less in 2020, and I also would not be surprised. I don't have it projected this way, but I would not be surprised if Goddard scores more fancy points than Ooh. him this
0: season. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. So, yeah. Greg, who's your tight end bust, man? Yeah, yeah oh, just to point on that. Yeah, Goddard, I think that is like the main point to, for me to hone in on. I think that's a good call for it for to possibly be a bust. But, uh, yeah, my tight end bust, I think a guy, you know, he's being drafted top 12. He finished top 12 last year, but I don't think he's going to You know, have that outlook this year. I'm going to go with Jared Cook. Um for the Saints. Uh I just think the you know the addition of Emmanuel Sanders uh that hurt his target share for sure. Um, you know, he was already, you know, outside the top twenty as far as uh tight ends for target share. Um just way he made basically where he's made his money is his tight ends. I mean his touchdowns. He got nine touchdowns last year. Which is a pretty high number um, for the tight end, but he only had five red zone receptions. So that correlation is going to be a little off because now if you add a receiver like Emmanuel Sanders, who's going to you know get outside receptions outside the red zone, that would probably take a lot of production outside from Jared Cook. Also, Josh Hill, who's on the team as well on the same roster, had more red zone receptions than Jared Cook last year. Yeah. So it's going to it'll be pretty hard for him to get that nine touchdown number. I think uh, again. He's going in front of guys like Noah Fant and Mike Kosecki, who you talked about and we talked about in previous episodes. Uh, so I think those two guys have way more upside uh, that you can get in a couple of rounds later. Um, so I, I think it's Jared Cook for me, for sure.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, Jared Cook is a guy who obviously, you know, if you listened to this show last year, Greg, you had to convince me to, I to get in on Jared Cook. I did. <laughs> so the fact that you're jumping off of Jared Cook is just validation that I'm I also need to jump off Jared Cook because I was off of Jared Cook, um, you know, even coming into this year, like you said, Emmanuel Sanders. I think Jared Cook uh, functioned as effectively as he did last year because of the necessity for him to be, to be that weapon. Right. You know, Alvin Kamara was banged up. Uh, there was no number two receiver outside of Michael Thomas. That's different this year. You know, you got Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Alvin Kamara is healthy. Um, so, you know, I think there's... Less opportunities to come Jared Cook's way, and um, you know, at the end of the day, if you take a shot on him, it's not the worst thing in the world because he is tired of Drew Brees. It just comes down to you know what price are you paying to 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 add him to your roster.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I just yeah I definitely liked him last year coming into last year because you know his value wasn't as crazy, and you know mm-hmm. the you know being in the Saints offense is always good for a tight end. That's what we expected from Kobe Fleener, but. A guy that only got five red zone receptions and got nine touchdowns, that just doesn't make sense for him to repeat that this year, I think. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, man, I totally agree with that. So, for me, my tight end sleeper, man, that's got to be, you know, we talked about him, you gave him away already, but that's Blake Jarwin, man. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, tight end Blake Jarwin. Now, Greg, I know this is somebody that you're a huge fan of as well. Yes, uh, in the offseason, the Cowboys let Hall future Hall of Famer Jason Witten walk. I mean, he was he, – I think he might have left his his uh, his walker in the Dallas Cowboys locker room <laughs> when he left. Um, but with him, he walked out 83 targets as well. I'm not projecting Jarwin to get all these targets, but he's someone that's been so efficient uh, with his targets from a yardage standpoint, averaging 11.6 yards per reception mm-hmm. the last two years. He's had over a 75% catch rate as well with an average depth of target of eight yards. Uh, We expect the Dallas Cowboys to be a good team, and for Dak to be amongst the leaders, if not the leader, in passing yardage this year. Um, And Jarwin could finally have his breakout. Uh, I also think that the Cowboys believe that. that, uh, I think the Cowboys believe this as well. They locked up the 26-year-old tight end to a four-year, 22 million dollar deal, and they and they're the ones that told Jason Witten that they wouldn't bring him back. um, You know, as he ended up signing with the with the Oakland Raiders. Uh, This is a guy who you know I was excited about. Uh, even last year, I would have been excited about him last year had they not brought Jason Witten back because he did cap off uh, the 2018 season. Uh, Greg, I'm sure you remember this week 17 against your New York Giants. He had 119 receiving yards and three touchdowns uh, in that game. You know, no other tight end you're drafting in that range can say that they had 100 100 yard and three touchdowns. Uh, in the same game, uh, this guy is athletic as well, 6'5", 250, uh, 474 speed. I've got him at my tight end 14, uh, but in terms of ADP, he's the tight end 20. So, you know, I think he's worth the shot at the end of your draft uh, if you find yourself in trouble with the position.
0: Yeah, I, I like this one super a lot. I think Blake Jarwin, you know, a guy... If you if you get them like last you know couple picks where you get your defense and kicker uh, you're you're feeling really happy right now that you you just basically have a no a starting tight end in the offense that's going to use the tight end like we know they're going to use him. so uh the opportunity will be there and the talent is there and then if, to get that in round 15 16 I'll take that so uh I, I like that a lot and for my tight end sleeper you talk about a guy that you know Jason went left with a walker my man Delaney Walker left with the ventilator yo so I'm gonna go with, <laughs> I'm gonna go with John o. Smith. He's now the starting tight end for the uh, Tennessee Titans. Lenny Walker is an unrestricted free agent. He actually still does not want to retire. So maybe he finds a team there somewhere. This is a team that, you know, runs the ball through Derrick Henry. And, you know, A.J. Brown's going to dominate the passing game. But there's going to be a lot of targets to had uh, in the offense as far as using the tight end. Um, he was not involved a lot, uh, you know, until week seven. And that's when the Lenny Walker got hurt. Uh, and from that point on, John o. Smith, you know, he went on to have four double-digit games. Uh, half point PPR leagues. He also finished as a tight end one four times from week seven on. So he has potential to give you some good tight end two value. I think as he's going as a tight end seventeen in round twelve. I think you know a guy you can get uh you know late in late in drafts. You're not uh, valuing the tight end position too much. Plugging away at running back and wide receiver, and this guy's gonna you know have tight end one weeks again this year. That will give you wins in matchups and won't I think give you uh disastrous games like he had last year he did have some well decimal point games but i think more into coming into the season as a starter as a starter more confident uh full season under his belt i think you know the the floor will be a little higher for him this year
1: yeah man i, I like this one a lot too he's he's this guy's an athlete at the position and guys when we're looking draft to draft a tight end um you know especially one late you know guys like you know, obviously we we'll are talking about some of these guys later, but a guy like Jack Doyle, he doesn't really, you know, we know what the floor is on Jack Doyle, and the floor and the ceiling are almost in the same place. Yep. Um, but a guy like Jonu Smith, you know, his floor is probably where Jack Doyle's is, but the ceiling is so much higher uh, just because of the athlete that he is. You know, this is a guy that 88th percentile speed score, uh, 90 94th percentile burst score, you know, um, you know, 6'3", 250 pounds. Yeah, he had a He's couple rushing touchdowns th- last year. Yes, yes. Yeah. He, I was just going to say that. He had some rushing some rushing touchdowns, some rush attempts as well. Um, I think he had a, like a, almost a 40-yard play on on an outside toss. Yep, yep, I um, remember that. This guy, is, this guy is an athlete. I mean, and look, man, if not anything, um, if you draft – if you draft Derrick Henry, AJ Brown, Jonu Smith, and then you just post a picture of them in your t- in your league message board, I'm sure uh, they will, you know, intimidate your teammates into not even setting a lineup because that's how <laughs> physically imposing these three guys are. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you know, I'm sure Jonu, you know, they they probably get off the bus first, you know, uh, those three guys. Um, but you know, all jokes aside, Jonu Smith, I, I like this one a lot too. He's a guy, you know, we've been waiting on to hit on uh, for a little bit, you know, and you know, obviously last year with Delaney Walker going down, uh he he did end up taking advantage of some of those opportunities, but yep. Uh this year expect some more consistency from him. All right, man. My tight end breakout, bro. I, I obviously the rankings reflect it. Um he's my tight end 8. Uh that's that's right, Mike Kasaki. He finished as the tight end 11 last year uh 89 targets. 51 catches and eight, and 570 yards to go along with with five touchdowns. The targets were seventh at the position. The touchdowns were eighth, while the catches and yards were 12th. Uh, Gasecki was a second round pick of the Dolphins two years ago, out of Penn State, and the man is an athlete. He ran 4.54 four in the 40 yard dash, which is 96th percentile at the position. He's got a 95th percentile speed score, 99th percentile burst score, 99th percentile agility score, and 100th percentile in, in catch radius as he stands 6'6", 250 pounds. Um, Gaseki played 34.6% of his snaps last year from the slot, and in fact, he led all Dolphins players in, in slot snaps at 374 and slot targets at 80, uh, with the second and third players being Albert Wilson and Alan Hearns, who both recently opted out. Uh, And so, you know, bring in new, new Dolphins OC Chan Gailey, who was most recently with the New York Jets, he utilized Eric Decker as a big slot-wide receiver in 2015 as he played 387 of his snaps from the slot and received 81 targets from this alignment. So I think we see similar usage for Gusecki as a big slot target, and I think he gets utilized in the red zone as well as Decker had seven touchdowns from this alignment and 12 total on the year. Um, And oh, by the way, we covered this last week or two weeks ago, don't really remember, but Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is the Dolphins quarterback. Uh, he he was the Jets quarterback in 2015 running this Chan Gailey offense. Uh, him and Chan Gailey have history as, you know, Chan Gailey was his head coach back in Buffalo uh, when he signed that $100 million contract, which blew everybody's mind. Um, <laughs> so there's obviously familiarity there. And, you know, if Tua comes in, Then, as always, the rookie quarterback leaning on a good tight end narrative fits in this discussion as well. So, you know, Gasecki's going off the board as tight end 14, and I think you're getting a a potential steal here at his ADP.
0: Yeah, I like that one a lot. You know, going back and forth, it was either going to be, you know, Mike Gasecki. He's definitely going to finish as a tight end one, I think, as well. Um, But, yeah, in my Mm -hmm. breakout, I think Noah Fant, who's just got as much hype and uh, upside coming into this year as well. Uh, he's going as tight in 11 uh, in round nine. Um, talk about a guy. His rookie stats are very comparable with George Kittle. 40. He had 40 receptions of 60 targets and 562 yards last season. George Kittle in his rookie season had 43 receptions of 63 targets and 515 yards. So uh, it's very comparable. I think he has the talent physically uh, to make this second year leap, um, especially with all the talent and the questions on this Denver roster. I think Noah Fant, you know, will be the one constant as far as his targets per game. Uh, and I think that will turn into good tight end one production uh, with him and Sutton. We're really the only two guys that, you know, got the most reps with Drew Locke uh, with this new roster this year. So I think he's a great option to, to get for you in your ninth round. You um, Again, and keep plugging away. Running back wide receiver before that. Uh, and, and I think uh, in a lot of mock drafts, I've been trying to hone in on uh, Noah Fant right when around that 9, 10, 8 spot. Uh, i'm not I don't mind going to you know round eight to or to get him, so I'm pretty confident in Noah offense uh and his ability to to play this year and, and take a leap.
1: yeah, man Noah Fant's one of those guys that you're you're just betting on the you're 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 literally betting on the athleticism here you're betting on the upside here um, cause this is a guy who obviously showed it to us last year um but you know like like we talked about, i want a guy that has that athletic that athletic profile the ability. You know, to just be a freak at the tight end position, uh, you know, if you did you look at pre- his player profiler on playerprofiler.com?
0: Uh, I I mean I went into it, but I didn't I didn't look into like all his uh the, his so, his nickname.
1: <laughs> the best comparable, the best comp that they have for him is
0: George Kittle. Wow, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, not too so much. I'm um, crazy with it.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he's an athletic freak. They both went to the University of Iowa, uh, so they have that in common as well. Um, but, you know, Noah Fant, you know, he's, he's definitely somebody I think makes a ton of sense. Um, it's actually funny where, where it sucks because where I have him ranked, I don't end up with him. Um, but, you know, again, where I have him ranked isn't necessarily where I would draft him because, you know, I'm going for upside when, when I'm going for a tight end. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if I've got a guy. Like an Ian Thomas slightly ahead of Noah Fan. I'm gonna still go Noah Fan just because right. of the upside there with the athleticism. Um but but yeah, nah Noah Fan. I love that pick, man. Um let's just jump right to to the rider dies, man. Oh yeah, oh
0: yeah. We ride together. We die together.
1: Yeah, my tight end rider die, man. It's gonna be Chris Herndon, man. Woo. Uh New York Jets tight end. Now last year Herndon missed time. Due to injury and suspension, uh, but he was seen as a breakout candidate, and some people were even willing to draft him and stash him, um, you know, throughout his suspension and even his hamstring injury. By the way, I wasn't one of those people, nor nor was I suggesting that. But this year, he's a forgotten man at the position, uh, and I think that's mainly due to, to the to what he did last year and the fact that he's a New York Jet. But I think the ADP right now is criminal. He's he's available now as a tight end, twenty two,
0: mm-hmm, uh, and it might be even. Super low.
1: 23, yeah, t- 22, 23, wherever, you know, uh, two different. Um, either way, it's too low. It's too low, yeah. Um It's too low. Um, he might be cheaper. That might be cheaper than the price you were paying last year, which which is crazy to me. Um, like you talked about, you talked about that, you know, uh, rookie tight ends getting 500 yards, George Kittle, Noah Fant. Uh, this is a guy who also did that, mm-hmm. uh, had 502 yards as a rookie play, uh, two years ago, playing with a rookie quarterback and Sam Donald. Uh, only 13 rookie tight ends have amassed 500 receiving yards since two, since the year 2000, um, and there's some really good guys on that list: Robert Gronkowski, Jeremy Shockey, um, George Kittle, and and now we're talking about guys like Noah Fant and, and Chris Herndon. And the last time we saw a healthy Chris Herndon on a football field, 39 catches. 502 yards, four touchdowns, averaging almost 13 yards a catch, and having a 70% catch rate, which culminated in a tight tight end 15 finish. Uh, I think Darnold missed having a guy like Hernan on the field, who's a big, fast, athletic target, who I think will slide in and be the number two target right away for Sam Darnold. Obviously, we, we know Crowder is the number one, and, and Robbie Anderson and Demaryius Thomas are both gone. So I expect him, I expect Darnold to lean on a guy like Herndon this year. Be, um, Denzel Mims, like we talked about, he's banged up with the, with the hamstring injury. And obviously, he's had limited time himself with in this offense with Darnold, and, and so is Brashad uh, Perriman. He's also new. So I think Darnold's going to lean on a guy he knows and a guy he trusts in Chris Herndon. Uh, watching videos of this guy he looks faster than he did two years ago uh, and you know he stands at 6'4, 253 pounds uh, he's he's gonna work the middle of the field where donald thrives and i've got him as my tight end nine this year so again you're getting great great value um, everyone was willing to jump on the hype last year and the man did nothing but break his ribs and strain his hamstring upon coming back from suspension. So this one really, you know, it really doesn't make sense to me. Uh, I think this one is the jet stink that he's got on him, but unless you play in a league where you lose points for starting jets players, then go get this guy. Cause he is legit top five tight end upside.
0: Yeah, bro, this is this could be a ride or die segment, sleeper segment, breakout segment. This is uh I love this pick for Chris hernan I have him also as a deep sleeper. Um, talk about yeah, at the five hundred yard mark. He had four touchdowns in that rookie year as well, more than Noah Fan and more than George Kittle in their rookie year. So he's got all the potential to, to kill this year. Uh he's basically gone for free. You got it. I I'm all for just not drafting a tight end and taking Chris Herning every time, honestly. It's a it's a great strategy. It's, he's gonna kill.
1: Yeah, man, I, absolutely, brother. I definitely definitely, am with you on this one. So, Greg, who is your tight end ride or die, man?
0: Oh, man, yeah, it's got to be the greatest tight end I've ever seen play. And arguably the greatest tight end in ever step on the field. Rob Gronkowski, not only, you know, I mm. think he's a good value pick, uh, again, greatest talent ever uh he's back with his bestie tom so you already know the chemistry uh the, the lack of reps all of that the teams meetings they, they that doesn't matter for them they just look at each other and know what they want to do like it's going to be uh, a great for them especially in the red zone and gotta have it downs i think he's going to be involved a lot uh, just like he was on the patriots um i'm just very excited to see him back in the nfl and especially not as a patriot So I could really enjoy his greatness, (laughs) Mm -hmm. honestly. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's got to be Rob Gronkowski for me uh, on a prolific offense uh, on a team. Yeah, a team that, you know, his role is going to be defined. He's going uh, as a tight end 14, I believe. Um, I think he has him as a tight end one finishing right at the 12-11 mark. So, yeah, I like Gronk a lot.
1: Yeah, I actually have to uh, correct myself. I said I have Herndon at tight end 9. I actually got Herndon at tight end 10, and that's because I have Robert rob gronkowski at tight end nine mm-hmm. uh, i think this is a great call uh you know again this is probably why i'm so high on tom brady this year having having him as my qb8 um you know getting a weapon back like rob gronkowski that's that's not a bad ride or die to have man because like you said the price you said tight end 14
0: yeah tight end 14 i believe uh yeah double check that but um, <laughs> he's not going that high
1: that's crazy yeah, yeah. i mean um you know um yeah no obviously people are concerned about Him, you know, not playing a year or whatever, but uh, I'm not concerned at all, man. Like you said, him and Brady, they got that chemistry, that synergy, especially down by the goal line. Um, Yeah, man, Gronk's gonna gonna eat in this offense this year.
0: Yeah.
1: All right, Greg. um, So we got to talk about you know some guys who, you know, who might fall out of the top twelve this year. Obviously, Jason Witten, that's a layup. Mm -hmm. Um, But you know, we'll go through the, the the list: Travis Kelsey, George Kittle, Darren Waller. Mark Andrews, Zach Ertz, Austin Hooper, Jared Cook, Tyler Higby, Hunter Henry, Dallas Goddard, Mike Gusecki, and Jason Wynn.
0: Yeah, I mean, Jared Cook, for sure. I mean, I predicted the that in my bust section. I think he's got to be the guy I look to first when uh, a guy that's not going to finish in the top 12. Uh, and, yeah, you said Jason Wynn. That's a layup. So, um, yeah, I think so. Stick with that.
1: I think it's, it's so. It's funny, right? Because Jared, you could totally be right about Jared Cook being a bus, yeah. but it does not take a lot for him to finish as the tight end twelve. No, it
0: doesn't. You're right. <laughs> it doesn't. It he really... had nine touchdowns last year. That, that's a huge. That's a big number for him. Yeah.
1: No. I mean, he had 146 fantasy points, averaging 10.4 points a game, um, and he was the tight end seven. The tight end twelve was Jason Witten, who averaged who had 108 fantasy points, averaging 6.8 points a game. So it really. Uh, really doesn't take a lot for yeah. him to finish at the tight end twelve. It's um, going to
0: take Kaseki and Fant kind of sneaking in there and bumping those the, the, to those who got. Yeah, out, it's really. going <laughs> to take
1: Kaseki, Fant, Herndon, uh, yep. Gronk coming in yep. and bumping a guy like Jared Cook out. Uh, I I don't think you know. I know I said I I I could see Zach uh, Dallas Goddard outscoring Zach Ertz. Um, not projecting that to happen, but you know I could see uh, Dallas Goddard falling out of this top twelve for sure. Um, Tyler Higby is also interesting to me because I don't know what to do with him, man. I really don't. Um, you know what, with that being said, let's just jump right into this next segment because, um, you know, I know we usually do the ADP game here, but you know, it's really hard to do tight ends. I don't like since this tight end group is really small and I, I can't really like, I can't really not like anyone per se. Um, so I decided to come up with a new game, Greg, keep trade cut.
0: Oh man, so, Trey cut. Oh yeah. yes. My favorite Instagram <laughs> question, <laughs> All right, so definitely for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we got Tyler Higbee, who was the tight end eight last year. Austin Hooper, who was the tight end six. And again, if you're confused about why we don't have Austin Hooper as high, maybe you, you don't know, but he's not on the Atlanta Falcons anymore. He is now on the Cleveland Browns, uh, where he, he was until about a few days ago, the highest paid tight end. Um, and, so you know, so Tyler Higby, Austin Hooper, or the guy who replaced Austin Hooper in Atlanta, Hayden Hurst. Keep trade cut, Greg. What you got?
0: Mm, I think I'm a. Ooh, I'm a trade. I'm a trade Higby. I think I'll, I. I think <laughs> I'm gonna do that. I think after a couple of weeks, it's it's crazy because you know my, my man Sean McVay. You be talking about Jared Ever too. So like, and he's on the same mm-hmm. roster. So it's it's tough sometimes. I'm a trade. I'm a trade Cut Higby though. Cause I think he'll, ha- he'll have good games, and you could be like, "Oh yeah, excel high on him." Uh, I'm gonna keep. Um, hmm. Hmm. Who are the other two names again? It was Austin Hooper, Hayden Hurst. I. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. A, I'm gonna keep. Austin Hooper. Dak, do I have to really cut Hayden <laughs> <laughs> Hurst? <laughs> I right, know it's a tough. I'm, a, I'm a actually trade Hayden Hurst and cut uh, Tyler Higby. Then actually. I think that's what I'm gonna do. That I feel okay. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, Hayden Hurst's got mad potential in a a very high pulling offense that throws the ball top in the leagues every year. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna trade Hayden Hurst, cut Tyler keep off keep Austin Hoover.
1: Yeah. So actually, I'm going to uh, I'm actually gonna trade Tyler Higby because uh, typically when I play this game, I usually like to trade the guy who has the highest value. <laughs>
0: word yeah
1: so tyler higby going off the board right now as the tight end eight uh i'm gonna trade him uh i'm probably gonna cut austin hooper uh only because um you know kevin stefanski he's coming over from minnesota obviously we don't know exactly what he's gonna do but he you know they pretty much told us what they're gonna do when when they declined david and joku's trade request they're gonna be running a lot of two tight end sets and, and you know similar to um you know Uh, Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith in Minnesota last year I feel like they kind of cannibalize each other so um, plus Austin Hooper's playing an offense with uh, with Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry that's not going to be he's not probably not going to see as much pass volume as he did in Atlanta uh, where Matt Ryan's throwing for over 4,000 yards every year Um, so I'm going to cut him but I'm going to keep Hayden Hurst man because you know, that Atlanta offense, we saw what Austin Hooper could do, and even if he doesn't get uh, all those targets that Austin Hooper was getting, if he just gets some of them, uh, you know, I, I might have to be in on Hayden Hurst at, at his price because he's, he's relatively cheap going off the board as a tight end 12. Um, I actually never get him because, like we talked about, I'm usually waiting around for Mike Isecki or Chris Herndon or, uh, you know, Noah Fant's ADP is a little bit higher than, than, than his as well. So, yeah. um but Hayden Hurst is is definitely the one I probably want to keep from this group. Because, yeah, I mean, I, I, of, all, of all of them, I think his role is the most secure, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I'm most excited on Hayden Hurst. That's probably why someone else probably would be, too. That's why I was going to trade him. <laughs> uh, but I think uh, it's hard to really call that, that middle of the, like, the tight mm-hmm. end one, early tight end two line. So uh, I mean, that's why I'm with you on getting you waiting for Noah Fant and Chris Herning and like late round sleepers.
1: Yeah, man. So, you know, let's talk about some guys because, you know, obviously you did talk about Tyler Higby. Right, so is the only pass catcher in, in in L.A. you're touching or on the L.A. Rams you're touching is is, is Robert Woods. You want nothing to do with anybody else?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think Robert Woods is the guy. Yeah, I, I want. um I want to touching him. He's been my guy for a couple years now. I'm going to stick with him.
1: Yeah, because obviously if, if you're down on Cooper Cup, um, like, you know, we've talked about many times on this show. Um, if you're down on Cooper Cup because of the 12 personnel, um, then, then, you know, for the listeners out there, maybe that means that you guys should be looking into a Gerald Everett or Tyler Higby a little bit more because, you know, those targets have to go somewhere, right? Um, those opportunities have to go somewhere. So uh, Gerald Everett's definitely, if if you're in that camp, you know, I know I'm not. Uh, Greg is, is purely in the touching Robert Woods. That's it. But depending on what camp you're in, then then you know maybe you need to consider uh, Gerald Everett a little bit more, um, you know David Njoku, To that point, we talked about um, obviously the offensive situation this year and the fact that the um, the fact that the Minnesota Vikings ran a lot of two tight end sets, and so uh, do you, is Injoku somebody that potentially intrigues you in this in this uh, Browns offense?
0: Uh, some I think he has you know tight end two value. Uh, he could. He's he's super talented. Um. He, yeah. He, he didn't get the trade you said. So I guess they do have some plans to use him. Um. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I think. I think he's has good some good tight end two value. That's gonna end up with some tight end one weeks. Just like uh. You know. Austin Hooper on the same team. They're gonna. I think one one hits the other one's not though. It's gonna be a hit on <laughs> Honestly. That's that's how it's gonna be week week to week. Like Darren Fells and uh, yeah. what's his name last year on the Texans.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, Darren. I mean, Darren Fells was just like a touchdown machine. It was like one yeah. catch, eight yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> like you were just praying for that touchdown when you started Darren Fells. But yeah, I think you know, like you were saying, um, you know, it's gonna be a matchup based thing. You're gonna have to see how the how the snaps are um, how the snaps are being distributed between these two guys. Uh, it's definitely gonna be something to watch. You know, if if Austin Hooper is being used more as a blocker, uh, and maybe David Njoku is leading the tight end position in routes. You know, that's something that cued us on on getting Dallas Goddard last year. Um, you know, over you know and starting him over a Zach Ertz, or potentially starting him in leveraging the Zach Ertz situation because Dallas Goddard was playing a ton of snaps uh, in the two tight end sets, but he was also running um, more. It, I think close to, if not more routes than Zach Ertz was. Um, so, you know, the, the, the routes that are being run, that's important. That's something to watch, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, that's something that actually led us to Ryan Griffin as well. Cause he led all tight ends in routes in routes run. He just wasn't getting the ball for a good chunk of the season, but eventually, you know, you know, uh, a, unless, unless a guy is like Chris Hogan and they're just running, they're just getting exercise. Like they like to say, um, you know, then, then obviously that's a situation you leave alone, but it's definitely something to watch. Um, another guy, uh, you know, Iowa had, you know, they're, I guess they're churning out tight ends. They had two tight ends drafted in the first round last year. Uh, this is your, your dynasty tight end, Greg, TJ Hawkinson, who came out week one, um, you know, had the crazy game against the Arizona Cardinals. What are you doing with TJ Hawkinson this year?
0: Uh, I think, uh, again, he, he might, he has some tight end two upside as well. Um, I'm also in uh, wait and see mode, um, cause yeah, we I talk about you know the expectations after week one just shot up, so I think that's unfair to him, kinda, uh, for you know rookie tight end. But this year, he's you know as long as Matthew Stafford is healthy, I think, uh, think he has some tight end you know two value and also can finish with some tight end one weeks as well. Um, he's highly talented out the draft, so see no reason why he could be a popular waiver wire pickup after you know a couple weeks to start. Yeah, man.
1: I mean, like you said, he, the, he had expectations put on him, you know, after that week one, um, you know, never really capitalized. Um, but, you know, he's somebody who's an athlete at the position. He was the eighth pick in the draft two years ago. Yeah. Um, you know, that not, not the eighth pick in the second or third round. He was the eighth pick in the entire draft two years ago. Um, you know, so this is a guy who, you know, 6'5", 251, um, you know, Playing in this Matt Stafford-led offense, I think he does have potential. Um, he's an he's an athletic guy as well. Uh, maybe not the athlete that Noah Fant was, but um, or Noah Fant is, but he but he's definitely in, somebody that you can take a shot on. Um, Greg, another one of your dynasty rookie, one of your dynasty tight ends. The one of them Jay got a hit. Jay Sternberg, <laughs> one of them got a hit. So. What are you doing with a with a guy like Jay Sternberger, you know, playing for the Green Bay Packers in an Aaron Rodgers led offense? No Jimmy Graham, uh, no number two receiver to speak of. Um, what are you doing with a guy like Jay Sternberger?
0: So I, I like his I like his tight I like his, his outlook. I think I'm a little more excited for TJ Hawkinson if I had to choose one, uh just because tight ends in Aaron Rodgers offense historically just never been anything. Like I've I don't know who was the best tight end really to play with Aaron Rodgers than produce, like, Jermichael Finley. Jermichael Finley, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> uh, I, I think, honestly, I wouldn't, be, I'm not too excited. I think, you know, has some some good outlook. I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers is not been going to be a Packer in, like, a couple of years, so, um, you know, maybe he has some, some good, definitely for Dynasty, I think he has some uh, some good potential. But, yeah, if I, if I had to choose between the two, I'm, I'm, a, I'm more excited about T.J. Hawk yeah man i mean again
1: right like any of these guys like you're not even looking for them to finish as the as a top five tight end i mean you that's your hope when you draft them but you just don't want them to lose you a week you know
0: yeah get you the games
1: (laughs) yeah no like a point eight, like bro i'm not trying to have that in my lineup um so you know i think you know he's a guy that obviously you want to pay attention to you know how you know what's his target distribution like is he on the field um you know, And it's just um, someone to monitor because, you know, all these guys that we're talking about, you know, obviously, if you listen to us, uh, we, we do our streams of the week during the season. We do oh, our yeah. quarterback stream, uh, tight end stream, our, our defensive special team stream along with our starts of the week. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about some of these guys throughout the year, yep. you know, depending on if they have good matchups and stuff. Uh, another guy who fits that, that narrative, Ian Thomas. Um, you know Carolina Panthers tight end uh, you know is playing with with Teddy Bridgewater this year uh, Greg Olson he's now in Seattle um, so you know there's opportunity there for Ian Thomas to to potentially um, you know get some targets in this offense mm-hmm. so Greg what are you doing with Ian Thomas
0: I do like his upside a little bit um, a lot actually going to be you know tight end two or around that same jumble than all those other tight end twos but I think his upside is a little higher as far as um, those other guys because he's going to be the starting tight end. Teddy Bridgewater, we know he threw to Jared Cook. It's part of the reason why Jared Cook was uh, finished as the top uh, tight end one last year. So he's going to use the tight end. I think he's going to, you know, target him. So I, I like Ian Thomas uh, and his outlook coming into the season. Yeah, man.
1: I, I mean, I've got Ian Thomas at tight end sixteen. It's actually funny. I think I've, I, you know, I've got him ranked higher than some other guys that that we like so you know i just never walk away with him um just because again guys like um chris herndon you know and mike iseki are going so late it's just it's criminal to me um so I, i find myself just waiting until the end of the draft like to draft one of these guys um so, you know, but he's definitely somebody that has upside like you talked about Teddy Bridgewater targeting the tight end. I think that's key as well. Um another, you know, and then we get to, you know, some of these some of these older guys. Um, you know, Jack Doyle, uh what are you doing there? I mean, obviously I t- I touched on him the floor and the ceiling, they're 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 like there's no separation there. Um but, you know, Phillip Rivers coming in, he he does have a history of targeting the tight end. So, is uh, Jack Doyle somebody that you'd look to if you were in trouble?
0: Uh, yeah, I think during the year he's going to be a popular streaming option, especially because, you know, no more Eric Ebron and stuff too. So uh, I think that's going to help him. It was hard to, you know, call. And you know you knew Jack Doyle was like the safer and the better tight end is that Eric Ebron will be getting t- touchdowns. So it will always be taken away from his production. But, uh, I, yeah, I like Jack Doyle, you know, from week to week. Um, a guy, if you, you know, if you want to go into the strategy, if you're, uh, don't even value tight ends at all want to stream tight ends, I think he'd be a good, like week one to start him, Herndon, uh, at, like in, you know, switching out people, uh, throughout the year. I think he'd be, he'd be good. A name that's going to pop up throughout the year.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, he's, again, he, you, you know what you're getting when you put him in your lineup, uh, you know, somewhere around like five to six points is, yep. is what you can expect from him. Um, you know, he, he's probably a little bit more intriguing is once we get into, like, full-point PPR leagues. Um, but who's another guy? You know, you talked about him just now, Eric Ebron. He's leaving uh, Indiana, or he left Indianapolis, and now he's headed to Pittsburgh to play with Big Ben. Um, so are you looking in his direction at all, Greg?
0: Uh, I think I have him kind of around where Jack Doyle is, I think, with a little more tied in. Uh, I mean, touchdown uh, upside because, you know, he's historically been a guy to get touchdowns. Also, he's in a, a Big Ben offense. You uh, we'll talk about many times, you know, when Big Ben is there, they're going to be tops in attempts, uh, tops in throws um, and tops in, you know, a lot of passing metrics. So uh, I, I like any, you know, player that's going to be possibly targeted on, on this offense with Big Ben. Um, so, yeah, I think, again, week to week, uh, he'll be named to pop up, especially in DFS, I think who have some good matchups where if you're hunting for for touchdowns in DFS, I think he'd be a guy to pop up.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, uh, you know, Eric, you know, we we chased Vance McDonald last year. Yep. Uh, We chased Heath Miller uh, until he retired. Uh, So I think Ebron uh, is somebody that, like you said, probably has that touchdown upside. Um, And, you know, maybe he has a little bit more upside uh, in other areas than, than, you know, even – you know I might be thinking for example so um you know yeah uh, he's he's definitely somebody who has not been on my radar because historically I just like look at Eric Ebron and I'm like ill yeah um but you know Pittsburgh puts a different puts him in a little different of a light in my opinion um just because like you said a big ben led offense so um that's interesting there um you know and then obviously a guy we talked about uh, Greg Olson, you know, you know, leaving, leaving Carolina, heading to Seattle to play with Russell Wilson, um, who obviously we know loves the tight end. For example, Will Disley, who he's loved each of the last two years, uh, except, you know, Disley has suffered from season-ending injuries each of the last two years. Last year, uh, it was his Achilles. Uh, the year before, it was his patella. So, Greg, where are you at with these two guys?
0: Um, I'm probably, you know, I did like the, the signing. I do also own Greg Olsen in my dynasty league. Um, so uh, <laughs> I have, you know, I think there'll be weeks where he's going to also pop up. Um, these All these guys that we're naming, like, are going to have weeks where you're like, oh, Greg Olsen, when you name those top 12 tight ends uh, week to week, that I think Greg Olsen will end up being there sometimes, um, especially in the red zone. Uh, he was targeted last year and he was, you know, targeted. It's just his career. He's been a, a good guy in the red zone to have. Um, just solid hands man he a lot a lot of drops um you know he's, he's going to be a consistent guy i think um when it comes down in that in that area but will disley also coming back i mean i'm not going to draft any of them i think just again week to week uh players that will pop up yeah man i
1: think um you know if you told me one of these tight ends was going to be the guy and you told me which one i'd probably be more in cuz as we saw last year, Will Disley was, you know, he was a tight end one.
0: Yeah, a tight, um, yeah, it was Disley was nice.
1: He was he was definitely a tight end one. Um, you know, he was one of those guys we picked up off the waiver wire early um, in the year, uh, and it sucked to obviously see him suffer the injury. But then Jacob Hollister came in, and he was even useful at times. Um, so yeah, I think if you told me one of these guys was going to be the guy, I'd be more in. But the fact that I don't know. You know, there's two of them now. Um, I really don't know what to do with them. Um, you know, I, so I'm probably gonna just stay away and let that situation sort itself out, and I'll, I'll check back in on it in the in the middle of the year. Yeah. Um, and then last last group I wanted to touch on was Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith. Um, these are two guys that obviously, um, you know, play on the same team in Minnesota. Um, you know. Where they ran a lot of two tight end sets last year, and you know with the with the the exit of stefan Diggs from Minnesota, the, you know obviously there's targets there that are available. Um, Justin Jefferson is expected to fill that role, but you know like we talked about, rookies might be tough this year. And so, um, are you looking to any of these guys? Kyle Rudolph finished last year as the tight end 14. Uh, Irv Smith finished last year. Uh, much later than that. It was like the tight end thirty, but he had a stretch of weeks where he was actually the number one tight end on this team. So, um, Greg, are you are you intrigued by either of these guys at uh, all? Or is probably, it probably you a know, situation to look to?
0: Yeah, I'm the least excited of any of those the those guys we talked about. This is where I'm not touching at all, probably just because you they're so up and down. Kyle Rudolph's probably the most touchdown dependent tight end in the league. Um and yeah <laughs> not named Darren Fells. Yeah not named <laughs> Darren Fells. And he you know, he's talking about uh Irf Smith Jr. who's you know could be the one at some games. It's just too hard to predict. That's all DFS and that's all just, you know, week to week uh streaming, you know, you need a guy, emergency Sunday morning, Kyle Rudolph Irv Smith, you know, that that's that's the name I'm looking at.
1: Yeah, man, I I agree with that assessment as well. It's just this is a situation where I really don't want to play this game of guessing. And, and, you know, this isn't like running backs or wide receivers where they're all going off the board. So now I have to go into the 30s or the 40s to get a guy, um, you know, in your typical draft, unless you're playing in, you know, a tight end premium league or a league where you have to start two tight ends. You know, if you're starting, if you're playing in your typical 12-team league, you know, you you shouldn't, there shouldn't be more than 20 tight ends drafted in your league. Um, So, you know, there's, you know, I I just, neither of those guys are guys that I'm really going to be looking to at later points in the draft. But like you said, you know, maybe want to play the matchups, maybe play some DFS, Um, you know, then these guys become interesting throughout the year. And, you know, being talked about as potential stream candidates. Yeah. Um, anybody else you want to talk, talk talk about at the tight end position, Greg?
0: Uh uh the only thing I want to shout out if Evan Ingram, he's been always dinked up in his career. Just let you know Kaden Smith, my man coming in, if he would be a nice tight end, uh I saw handcuff, not really handcuff, but guy that's gonna come in and ball out, just have him ready if uh Evan Ingram has any issues injuries wise. Giants and science information, you know.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. I mean, Evan Ingram is definitely uberly talented he just cannot stay on the field which is you know very frustrating but if he can put that together man like you said earlier this is the guy with top five tight end upside uh also on that list uh, you know of tight end of rookie tight ends to have 500 yards evan ingram had 700 yards as a rookie oh yeah crazy killed um so uh yeah that's definitely in his range of outcomes but the caden smith call obviously a, a good one um Yeah, man. I think that that's all we got for Mm the tight end show, man. Um, You know, that's the breakdown. The tight end breakdowns uh, obviously marks the end of this four part series. So, you know, we really hope that you all enjoyed it, and make sure you come back next week because we get another mock draft Monday. But this time it's going to be a little bit different because Greg and I were going head to head here. So, uh, if your draft's coming up, and and then you'll you'll get to hear uh Greg and Greg and myself each go through our own drafts this time and maybe you know we can see who who put together the better roster so you don't you don't want to miss that one.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, it was a very popular one last time so I'm I'm pretty very excited for a lot of good feedback from that one.
1: Yes sir, absolutely. So please if you like what we're doing just please subscribe, follow the podcast uh wherever it is that you're listening. Uh, if you if you're on Apple Podcasts, please go ahead write us a review. It definitely goes a long way to helping us out. And again, that that's absolutely free. Uh, or you could just leave leave us the five stars uh, if you feel like we've earned that. So just make sure uh, to stay updated with us. Oh, by the way, we got to announce it, Greg. Our fans, we we you know we've been trying to figure out what to call you know loyal listeners of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You know, we we did some brainstorming. Um, Shout out to my wife Bianca, cause she's the one that that, that gave me this inspiration. But you know, Greg and I we both agreed the hashtag DX tribe.
0: You already know DX tribe out there. Uh, the official name, the official uh ribbon cutting. We want to call it. Yeah, let, let's go.
1: So you know, if you, if you enjoy being part of the hashtag DX tribe, uh, then go ahead and please give us that five star review. And then also. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FF Diagnostics. Make sure you go follow Greg on Instagram at we underscore made it. And then make sure you follow me on both platforms at JRFootballNerd. And as always, thank you for listening. And we are
0: out. Yeah.